Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Pick it to the end zone. Touchdown! And there it was, Deontay Johnson. Well, it sure wasn't pretty. But they got the job done. The Pittsburgh Steelers are two games over 500, five and three overall. A win against the Tennessee Titans on Thursday night football, as you heard from the glorious Al Michaels on the call. 20 to 16. Get the job done. Win another game, another fourth quarter comeback. This team, for just whatever, whatever reason, just continues to find a way, continues to deliver in the fourth quarter, and it's Kenny Pickett that delivered again in the fourth quarter, where over the first three, really over the first half, it was pretty evident. The guy with one career start coming into the the day against Kenny Pickett on the other side and Will Levis, a second-round pick from Kentucky who puts mayonnaise in his coffee and all kind of other weird things that he puts mayonnaise on, was out-dueling the former 20th overall pick from the University of Pittsburgh. Levis played fine. I think he showed some really good signs for Tennessee. They might have somebody. He wasn't slinging it around the yard like he did against Atlanta last week, but against the Steelers' defense at prime time, Mike Tomlin against the rookie quarterback, you expect the Steelers to be up for the task, even without Minka Fitzpatrick in the back end. But I have gotten to the point where I frankly just cannot, cannot explain it. I don't know what to think of Kenny Pickett at this point. I don't know. Because, A, the performance is at the start of the game. How about the Pittsburgh Steelers with an opening drive touchdown? Matt Canada's first drive since switching from being on the booth to being on the sideline, which it would not surprise me if that was more so a Mike Tomlin directive or somebody in the Steelers organization directing Matt Canada to go stand next to Kenny Pickett and the offensive players on the sideline rather than on the booth and being on the communication system with them and the headsets and whatnot. Opening drive touchdown. Boom. Get the game going. Rolling. For the Steelers, I mean... It looked pretty good. It was a little surprising, right? And maybe you thought that this could be the breakout game that this offense really truly needed and truly could have. Wasn't the case, but again, in the fourth quarter, it's like the light bulb turns on. The switch is flipped. It's like when Kenny Pickett gets to the fourth quarter, an alarm just goes off. Like you're waking up in the morning. 
with flashing lights, blaring sirens, and Kenny Pickett knows it's time to deliver. He struggles early on in the game. And the guy who was picked in the second round, who nobody wanted in the first round, who sat in the green room, who sat there just waiting and waiting and waiting for his name to be called, Will Levis played better in the first half. I don't think you could really deny that. It was kind of the battle of two eh offenses. It started off as, hey, look at this. Steelers went right down the field, scored a touchdown. Tennessee got a field goal right down the field. Two poor offenses looked like juggernauts on the first series and then came back to earth to look like what they really were. But pick it. I just, I can't explain this. I I just don't get it. Seven game-winning drives in the fourth quarter or overtime. It's the second most in the NFL over the last two seasons. Steelers are 5-3 and three this year. Think about the Baltimore game, the Oakland-Las Vegas game last year, the way that they were able to get it done against Tennessee. And if there was any bit of evidence that you truly wanted for this team of how they want to play games and how they want to win games, Look at the series after Tennessee turned it over right around midfield going for it on fourth down. When that could have been the separator. That could have been the end of the game. That could have been the deciding factor where you get the ball back. You get one first down. Probably two is what you really needed to close out the game. But if you get one, you feel really good. Because Tennessee's got one timeout left and about a minute 50. So realistically, the game is practically over. Maybe you punt it with 25 left. But the Steelers decided run on first down. Run on second down. Loss on the play. Run on third down. They basically tipped their hand. They showed pretty much what everybody believes and what Mike Tomlin truly thinks that this is this team is all about. It's the greatest indication of, we don't trust the offense, we're going to let the defense win it for us. The greatest indication of that all year. And Quan Alexander, with about 11 seconds left, was able to make the game-sealing interception right near the end zone and get it done. But again, the offense... Did not outgain the opposing team. This number is also wild, flabbergasting. The Steelers are the 34th team in NFL history. This from ESPN Stats and Info. To be outgained by their opponent in each of the first eight games in the season. The Steelers are the first to have a winning record through eight games. While being outgained by their opponent. And it's not like they've played Kansas City or Miami. They've been outgained by Houston, the Tennessee Titans, with a guy making his second career start with DeAndre Hopkins out of his prime and Derrick Henry, who was rumored to be at the tr- in the trade block and be dealt. And maybe this is signaling the sign of the times that this is about it for Derrick Henry. The wheels are kind of falling off. I thought he was okay yesterday. He wasn't the effective Derrick Henry who would plow over people and carry his team to victory. He was solid. The Steelers were definitely better against the run with Cam Hayward back in the lineup 
who they so desperately needed back, he was solid. He helped clog up holes, did a good job just to get back out there. It's been in the works for a while for Cam Hayward to get back out there and was huge for the Steelers. Definitely made it worth it, man. Um, um, you know, Coach T had uh, said uh, last week, he was like, you know, I want to take the wrapper off of you and see if you can go Thursday. Um, and I've just been working my tail off to get here. Um, just excited to be back, be with the guys in a, a different state than I've been for, what, seven weeks? So, um, was it seven weeks today? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it's been a long time. It's been a long time coming, but they got the job done. And how about the fact that Najee Harris got in the end zone? Jalen Warren looked fantastic. Look, I am somebody who is a huge Najee Harris advocate for the Steelers to draft him. And it looked like a home run pick his rookie year. And Najee dealt with some injuries. He battled through a lot of things. Remember the Liz Frank at the beginning of the year? He finally hit his stride over the last four games of the year. Maybe four, five, six, whatever. Jalen Warren is the better running back. And if there was any indication, yesterday would really be it. Just continuing to pile on and continuing to add to that. And Jalen Warren had a great game. But I thought Najee Harris was effective too. Mike Tomlin, why was the running game so good finally? Um, you know, I thought we converted some third downs earlier. Um, and, you know, we've been talking about it. Like, you, you convert possession downs, uh, you get more snaps. And um, and so, you know, I think we converted our first third down of the game. Um, and it's, I don't know how many of those we've had. And so, um, when you convert in third downs, you get more snap opportunities. Um, and that usually leads to the attrition component of play. Um, and, and really, that's kind of representative of the run game. And we got to see the defense truly get the chance to pin their ears back and go get Will Levis. Overall, the defense performed solidly, four sacks. But you know what was so critical? How many times did Kenny Pickett hit the turf? How many times was... Kenny Pickett sacked. Zero. Maybe part of the reason why? Broderick Jones starting at right tackle? You know, I just thought we needed a spark. I thought Broderick had worked hard, was deserving of the opportunity, and so we gave it to him. He was deserving, and he really followed through. I mean, every time that they ran to the right, I felt good about it. That was not the case with Chooks, who came in as a tackle eligible at the very end of the game to try to help milk some clock that the Steelers did not do very effectively. Now, I don't understand why Broderick Jones, on an extra point, has to draw a 15-yard penalty that became a 25-yard penalty practically. Tennessee started at the 48 after the Broderick Jones 15-yard penalty. Personal foul. It was just one of those, look, Broderick, You're a rookie offensive lineman out there on special teams. What are you doing? You're finally getting another start. You should be the starter at left tackle, and Dan Moore moved to right tackle. How could that affect his overall development? And it just kind of screws up. It's like Henry Davis playing right field for the Pirates. Like, really? 
just let him catch. Just see what you got. Even just DH him at this point. Let Broderick Jones play left. But it take, does take Chuk Sikorafor out of the equation, who's making what, ten over $10 million? At least at the moment. 412-928-9370. I want to hear from you. Steelers' reaction. I feel good about the game. This isn't a this isn't a great team. This also isn't a bad team. This is a middle of the pack ASC team. Now, in the grand scheme of it, do you really want to be in the middle of the pack? Because if you're not at the very bottom or if you're not at the very top, or at least close to the top, where are you? I want to hear from you. I want your thoughts. I want your thoughts on Kenny Pickett. I've said before that I'm I was high on Kenny Pickett after the final drives at the very end of last year and how it transpired. I like what he was able to bring to the table, but I've been concerned this year. I really have over his full body of work. Mike Tomlin said, how much do you think about getting Kenny Pickett to play in the fourth quarter? And every quarter, he says every day. That's just what kind of concerns me, but the numbers are staggering for Pickett in the fourth quarter. In comparison to other quarterbacks around the league. And it's just, it's hard. It's hard to comprehend. Because you know that if it's a one-score game going into the fourth, that Kenny Pickett gives you the best chance to win out of any quarterback in the NFL outside of Patrick Mahomes. But in the other quarters, you're just kind of holding your breath that the Steelers can get there. Fascinating. It truly is. And I, I want to see more. I want to see more from Kenny. I want to see Mad Canada stay on the sideline. I thought he called a decent game. He gets a lot of flack. Kenny Pickett missed some throws. There were a couple of things where, yeah, he sailed the ball to Deontay Johnson. The miss to Calvin Austin was so, so evident. If he hits Calvin Austin in stride running down the middle of the field on that third down, that's a touchdown. And we're talking about maybe a completely different output from this offense, potentially in terms of yardage, and where they could have blown out Tennessee. The Wake Up Show is presented by 84 Lumber. Put your positive attitude to work at 84 Lumber. Apply at 84lumber.com. More coming up. Austin Bechtel with you. Family Morning Show on the fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You know, we'll see as we move forward. I'm not ready to paint with a broad brush. Again, we're, we're making moves with the intentions of being better. And so we'll see as we move forward. Well, if you have red paint, Mike Tomlin, why don't you paint the barn red? Famous Tomlinism, why not? On the first drive, what did he like from it? Also, Matt Canada being on the sideline, if there are results, they're going to continue to roll with it. Well, there were scattering amounts of results, so why not continue to go with it? I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I personally think that the offensive coordinator should be on the sideline. I think it's a real thing when Matt Canada or whoever you you want it to be can sit there on the bench, on the sideline, and talk to Kenny Pickett and be able to circle things on the Microsoft Surface tablet, be able to go over things, go over the last sequence of plays, go over what you want to run in the next sequence of plays, what you think is going to be the best to attack the defense, Sitting side by side, looking at it together, being in person. There, there's a real thing for me. It might just be me. Maybe it's different for other people. But being able to have those conversations in person compared to over the phone where you can look at each other, you can understand and make eye contact, see what the other person is truly thinking, and be able to go over it, discuss it, It just creates for more free form and a smoother flowing conversation. And I think more could be taken away from that. I think it's just natural, like, to be able to have a better conversation and to be able to get more things done and to be more effective. It's just better and easier in person to be able to do that than over the phone. It's like any type of conversation that you have with a family member, with a friend, a work meeting in person instead of over the phone or anything like that. I think it's there's some parallels. I think there's some things that are similar to be able to look at from that regard. 20 to 16. Steelers win it. 5 and 3. Two games over 500 with Green Bay coming up next Sunday. Will Apollo, what's going on, Will? Hey, how's it going? It's a cold one this morning. Yeah, very much. Um, but I have like three points. I think Kenny Pickett looked like garbage, honestly. That's as nicely as I could put it. He missed a lot of throws. I think we should have had close to 30 points last night, honestly, if he would have hit the throws he needed to keep the drive moving. Um, I love the move by Broderick Jones. I honestly think that's why our run game had stepped up like it did. He brought a different sort of physicality that we weren't used to having, and he blocked great. Um, And then my last thing, I noticed on Deontay Johnson's touchdown catch, it was his first one he's had in how long? Yeah, over 660 days. 
you watch George Pickens' attitude, though. Like, that kind of concerned me. Like, he's, he's not thinking of the team and, and how that helps the team. He walked over to the sideline, and he was pouting. He looked disappointed. And I was really concerned about that. I'm kind of concerned, you know, what's going on in his head. You know, what's he thinking about? I know he didn't have a great game, but at the end of the day, as long as you win and it's a team game. So this is something I was thinking about. Right. Yeah, I appreciate the call, Will. Lots of really good points there. I was at the game, and I saw afterwards on Twitter the notion or the point that he was making about George Pickens. And it's been talked about a a little bit in the last couple of weeks with the penalties, the tauntings, the just the unnecessary things from George Pickens. The hope, hope defense comment about Jacksonville secondary last week. Which, look, how much more added incentive and motivation do you need when you're in the NFL? You're at the highest of levels. You're playing against the best of the best. But still, there is the opportunity for bulletin board material and things that teams could take away as a talking point. It's a real thing. Jacksonville secondary was talking about it after they won. Pickens had two catches for negative for negative yardage. It wasn't good. And I think that's a really good point from Will because, look, Deontay Johnson finally reached the end zone. Like, the, the biggest war for Deontay Johnson, other than not being able to be healthy this year, over the past year and a half, the biggest, like, internal conflict for him that has played out on the field has been the inability to get into the end zone. For him, it must have felt like the weight lifted off his shoulders, the monkey off his back, for Johnson to finally be able to reach the end zone. He was solid. Seven catches for 90 yards and a touchdown. He was really good. But if you look at the overall receiving stat list in the box score, George Pickens had two catches, negative one yard. And that is something to look at because he did kind of look down that he wasn't the guy. He wasn't the one that got the ball. He was targeted five times but only two catches. I remember one of them where it was a quick pass to Pickens and just near side of the field, right away, boom, tackle, dropped. Not much there. He lost like three yards on the play. It was like second down and he lost three yards. So are they scheming him up to be in the best spots? That's somewhere you can look and criticize Matt Canada, who overall got a decent game, I think. He also pointed out Broderick Jones. I thought Broderick was good. Every time he's played, I thought he's been pretty good. Whether it be the preseason. First preseason game was a little bit eh. But then again, it's his first game in the NFL. There's going to be some kinks to work out. First of three preseason games. Since then, he's continued to get better. He's continued to improve. And that's something that you want to see from your rookies. Right? It's the same thing that we're seeing from Joey Porter Jr. So for the Steelers... To have an effective running game, Warren, 11 rushes for 88 yards. And Najee, 16 carries for 70 yards. Jalen Warren averaged 8 yards per carry. Najee averaged 4 yards per carry. Calvin Austin, a couple jet sweeps. I thought the jet sweeps were well-timed. Now, they were kind of predictable. Like, when you notice the formation, and maybe it's because we consume so much Steelers football. We watched so much Steelers football that I was not surprised whatsoever when the two jet sweeps were called and run. 
they were kind of effective. They worked. They flipped the field a couple of times with Presley Harvin. Overall, it was a fundamentally, other than the penalties, decent game for the Steelers. Like the Broderick Jones 15-yard penalty wasn't good. I think Tennessee had five, maybe six, I think was the official number I heard last night. First downs might have been four, but it was it was more than three. First downs by penalty in the game. Steelers overall penalties 10 for 80 yards. But guess what? Interceptions thrown? Zero. Fumbles? Zero. So one thing that we look at for this team and we say, uh, it's it's not pretty. They're winning ugly. Yeah, but they're not turning the ball over. And when you win the turnover battle, and I know Jacksonville turned it over a bunch and still won last week, but Will Levis coughed it up in the final 15 seconds. Interception to Quan Alexander, who was backpedaling towards the end zone, made the play. And what was really, I mean, the Steelers went out there and said, all right, here you go. We'll shove it at you, defense. You got to be the one to make the stop. Make the play. The $200 million defense, pretty much. Without Minka Fitzpatrick, without Cole Holcomb, who has a significant injury, that's that's horrible. The Cole Holcomb injury, it's unfortunate. You hate to see it. He's played so well. And he collided with KZ. Really upsetting. Unfortunate injury for Cole Holcomb, who, by the looks of it, he's probably going to be out for the year. And if not, it's going to be a significant, significant amount of the season. But how about Joey Porter Jr.? If there is anybody that has continued to grow, and I think Broderick Jones will be in a pretty similar light as well, but Porter was good against the Titans. Seven targets, one catch allowed. Three total tackles, one pass defense. Now, he was a part of why the penalties were a problem. He was, I remember one play. I'm sure you remember this one. He lined up in the neutral zone and then committed right off the snap an illegal contact penalty. Also, did anybody else notice the unusual amount of illegal contact penalties? There were more in that game than there's been all season. Like that was a point of emphasis by the officiating office, by the head of officials to say, look for illegal contact. It's something we've seen a lot this year. Look out for it. Keep your eye on it. Call it. Joey Porter Jr. against DeAndre Hopkins was solid. And he said that in the postgame, he wanted Hopkins. He wanted 10. He wanted to go up against him. When did you find out they were going to kind of have you travel with him a little bit? Um, and how different was that from your the way you've been deployed for the yeah, first seven games? Man, uh, on Tuesday, I went to Coach T, and I told him I want 10. Like, that's what I was looking for. You know, I don't I don't really hide from nothing. So I was like, that's the matchup I want. That's the matchup I need. So he didn't really say yes on Tuesday. <laughs> He's like, we're going to think about it. Because they were like, that's kind of crazy. But throughout the week, they was like, all right, we're going to let you get 10 on some reps. And then throughout the game, it was like, you just go where 10 at. You realize they haven't done that much with corners in recent years. 
Rangers. I mean, maybe Joe occasionally, but it might even go back to the the other guy who wore two for it. Like, I, yeah. I mean, like, what does that tell you about yourself and where you're at already at this point in your career? Uh, I just got to keep working, keep grinding, you know. Some rookies always hit that high ceiling into the rookie slump, so I just got to keep working. Like I said before, just chop wood, carry water, and just look forward yeah. to the next week. So you really think Joey Porter Jr. has earned everything that he's gotten to this point. Yes, the tackling needs to be better. Yeah, he does get a little bit grabby with receivers, and sometimes you hold your breath that there might be a holding call on him or maybe pass interference. You think about that a little bit, but he's earned it. He has the the notion, yeah, of course, you know, like, remember when T.J. Watt was drafted and oh, everybody was saying, oh, you know, maybe he was drafted because he's J.J. Watt's brother or maybe he won't be as good as J.J. Watt. Yeah, well, T.J. Watt, honestly, by the end of their his career compared to J.J. Watt's career, might end up being the better player. Somebody who has three Defensive Player of the Year awards in J.J., T.J. should at least have two. He has one. He should have won the year before. Such a dominant, dominant player who got a sack with his helmet off. T.J.'s an animal, man. He's a beast. He is somebody that you can't keep contained. And how about Alex Highsmith? He had... I don't want to call it a quiet game. No, it wasn't quiet at all. It wasn't a quiet performance. Effective is probably the right way to put it. Two tackles, two sacks. TJ had a sack. Marcus Golden also had a sack. Good depth piece that really had a solid overall performance. The linebackers were good. And it's really unfortunate that Cole Holcomb's not going to be out there, but this is why he went out and got Quan Alexander. And he got the interception to seal the game. And Landon Roberts has been good. The linebacking core is pretty solid. You do wonder, once you get Minka back, where this is pretty much a mini-buy for the Steelers. Maybe you use Patrick Peterson in a couple of different other types of formations where you just go a lot more nickel. Because all three inside linebackers were announced as starters. Final note here, Alex Highsmith generated 11 pressures against the Titans, nine of which came in a matchup against Andre Dillard, who he absolutely smoked. Highsmith had a great game. It wasn't a quiet game. That wasn't the best comment. It was not quiet from Alex Highsmith by any regard. He was great. He was great. Highsmith now leads the NFL in, in pressures with 49. His win probability added on sacks plus 74%. You want to know the top five? We'll go from five to one. Harrison Smith. Nick Bonetto from the Broncos. Kayvon Thibodeau, stud. Number two is Miles Garrett. Number one is Alex Highsmith. Alex Highsmith is plus 74%. The next closest is Garrett, plus 61.5%. Alex Highsmith's been great. The very well compensated defense. In the very end, you held your breath, you bit your nails, but they got the job done. They held on, and Kenny Pickett in the offense, another fourth quarter drive to win it. Five and three. The pre-show's next. Crowley and Doran coming up next. Right here, Sports Radio, 93.7 The Fan. I'm Austin Bexold. Let's get it going here on a Victory Friday.
You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 